What is up, Mariners fans? I'm Seattle Sports Media's utility infielder, Andy Patton, and you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The Mariners were outscored 30-6 to by the Houston Astros over the weekend in an altogether embarrassing display of September baseball. I'll regrettably be talking about that here in segment one before moving on to our Mariners Monday mailbag segment in segment two where I'll be taking questions about former Mariner Danny Holson's big league debut with the Cubs and the legacy that will be left behind by the juiced baseballs of 2019. Finally, we have nine Mariner birthdays to celebrate from over the weekend and today, including a franchise icon. Stay tuned to find out who. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the United States and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery, and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. Man, all right, I knew when I started doing a Mariners podcast that we might have some days like this where we have to talk about things that aren't the most fun thing in the world and getting outscored 30 to 6 by the Astros over the weekend is is one of those things uh it was the first two games weren't so bad for those of you who didn't happen to watch and are just catching up over the weekend um the first game was 7 to 4 uh it wasn't a great game by any means but it was passable the second game was 2 to 1 really solid pitching on both sides Justin Verlander got the edge over Yusei Kikuchi uh, and then the last game, things really just fell apart. Uh, the final score was a horrific 21-1 to uh, on a, the first NFL Sunday of the season. It certainly looked like part of a football score. Obviously, you can't score one point in the NFL, but 21 certainly looks like what you'd expect to see from a Seahawks game, not necessarily a Mariners game. Uh, so that was a bit unfortunate. Uh, I'm going to go through each game one by one, just give them each kind of a couple minutes to talk about what happened, what we saw, maybe some... Hopefully some good and bad. At least I'll, I'll try my best. Uh, like I said, first game was 7-4. to four. Uh, The starter for the Mariners was they, they went with an opener. They went with Reggie McClain. He was bad. Uh, it was kind of reminiscent of earlier in the season when their openers were really struggling. They've been doing a lot better lately, but didn't work out in this one. He gave up three runs. He walked two, three hits. Not a good inning for him. Tommy Malone came in. Wasn't a whole lot better. He gave up three earned runs, four total runs. Three hits, one walk, five strikeouts. Gave up a home run to Josh Reddick. Malone has been fairly inconsistent for the last couple months. He had a solid start to the year, but has not looked as good lately. Uh, I think this is just kind of Tommy Malone, you know. Uh, he's a guy that I would love to not see pitch that much down the stretch. Uh, just because he's a veteran guy, he's the soft lefty, a lot like Wade LeBlanc. Like We kind of know what we have in Tommy Malone. I don't think he's a part of the future. I certainly hope that he's not a part of the future. So, you know, 4.98 ERA, 3-9 and nine record, just kind of a guy that I think once the Mariners, now that the Mariners have a deeper bullpen, they should, you might as well give it to younger guys, let them throw. If they throw bad, at least they're ideally developing and going forward. Whereas with Tommy Malone, if he throws bad, it's just kind of just, you know, a veteran guy having a bad outing and it doesn't really do a whole lot for your team's future. So anyway, that's kind of how that game went. Uh, Dan Vogelbach homered. He hit his 30th home run of the year. That was probably... Uh, if not one of the best, maybe the best thing that happened over the weekend. Um, you know, it's really great to see him get to 30 home runs. He absolutely deserves it. He's had a fantastic year, even if he's fallen off pretty significantly in the second half. His September has been better than his August. 
uh, and hopefully he can finish strong, maybe even get up to 33, 34, maybe even 35 home runs. Uh, Malik Smith stole his 40th base. I suppose that was exciting as well. Um, Tim Lopes had a, a solid game. He's looked pretty good since he came up. Um, other than that, not a whole lot to talk about in this game. Um, it was the Mariners scored two in the first, but gave up three in the first as well. So just their struggles in, this, in the first inning kind of continued in that one. But the second game was significantly better. Um, the Mariners didn't, the offense didn't show up. It was, it was better pitching wise, I guess we'll say, uh, the offense did not show up at all. They only got six hits. They struck out 10 times. They only walked once. Um, D Gordon had a great game. Uh, he went three for three with a triple. He stole his 22nd base of the year. Um, he had a fantastic game. Uh, the rest of the offense combined to do almost nothing. Um, Tim Lopes got a hit. Shed Long got a hit. Omar Narvaez got a hit. That was it. Uh, just Justin Verlander pretty much shut him down. He threw seven innings, only gave up one run, seven strikeouts, lowered his ERA to 2.52, and he has an 18-5 and record on the year. He was pushing hard for a Cy Young. He got outdueled by his teammate Garrett Cole in the Cy Young vote. Uh, we will get to that in a second. But Yusei Kikuchi, I, the reason I wasn't sure that Verlander's, or excuse me, Vogelbot's 30th home run was the most exciting thing that happened over the weekend was because I was really excited to see Yusei Kikuchi throw well. He's been all over the place this year. I really thought that a date with the Astros, um, when their lineup is pretty well healthy, they played most of their studs. Obviously, they did not play Carlos Correa, who's still hurt, but everybody else uh, played in this one. Ellen George Springer, he's hurt too. But still, it was nice to see Kikuchi. Five innings pitched, only gave up five hits, walked two, struck out five, only gave up one run, which was a home run to Alex Bregman. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, he did labor a little bit. He threw 92 pitches in five innings. That's not great, especially when you only strike out five and walk two. He just kind of struggled to get through at bats a lot in this one. But but it was encouraging to see him throw well against a really good offense that's clearly peaking right now, as we'll, like I said, get to a little bit in the following game. But um, he's still got a 5.24 ERA on the year, still a, a disappointment in his first season in Seattle. I think it's hard to argue with that, but especially down the stretch when he's been struggling, presumably because he's thrown more innings than he should. Uh, it was nice to see him come out and have a good start. This was probably the best thing I saw this weekend. He was doing what he did in his complete game shutout against Toronto, fastballs up, breaking balls down, keeping hitters off balance that way. He's never going to overpower people with his fastball, but if he can locate well, he can be a successful big league pitcher, and the fact that he did it against a hot-hitting Houston team is proof of that. All right, let's let's talk about Sunday. Um, for those of you who watched this game, I'm sorry. I hope you switched to football sooner rather than later. For those of you who are not football fans, I'm sorry if you if you labored through this one at all. Um, the the only solace was that Shedlong prevented it from being a perfect game, a shutout, and a no hitter. He managed to eliminate all of that by hitting a home run, um, a barely a home run. It was 338 feet, barely cleared the wall. But you know what? That doesn't matter. He hit a home run. He prevented it from being any of those things. It was one of those games where um, Garrett Cole didn't need to pitch that well because his team gave him an ungodly amount of run support. Um, and the Astros didn't really need to provide that much run support because Garrett, Garrett Cole pitched really well. They just happened to do both things in one day and just kind of absolutely flummoxed the Mariners. Garrett Cole, eight innings pitched, one earned run, only one hit, the shed long home run, no walks, 15 strikeouts, a absolutely phenomenal performance. Very unfortunate it was against the Mariners. The Mariners have not hit the Astros pitching very well. Obviously, they got no hit by Aaron Sanchez and company a few weeks ago. Uh, 
yeah, the offense just was absolutely not there. It was embarrassing. Um, and not just not from that perspective as much. Um, the Mariners have had games where their offense didn't show up before. But to do that on a day where you also give up a 20 spot to the other team is less than ideal. King Felix was on the bump. Um, it was tough. It was depressing to watch. He only threw two innings. He gave up seven hits, seven earned runs, 11 total runs. But a D. Gordon air kind of helped mitigate the damage to his ERA, I guess. He walked two. He only struck out one. He gave up a home run to Jake Marisnik. There, the weirdly, the Astros only hit two home runs in this one. Uh, Jake Marisnik hit a home run, and George Springer hit a home run. That was it. And the rest of the runs were scored more organically than that. Um, after Felix came out, after just two innings, he threw 63 pitches. Um, Eric Swanson came in, gave up two runs. Wade LeBlanc came in, he gave up three runs. Reggie McLean continued his horrific weekend. He gave up five earned runs. Zach Grotz was the only pitcher in the game who did not give up any runs. He lowered his ERA to 3.09 and probably moved himself up a little bit on the list of uh, relievers for Scott Cervais to go to. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those days. I mean, I, I, I guess I'd rather it all happen in one game if it means you're going to bounce back. Clearly, it didn't help the Mariners much because they didn't win either of the other games either. Um, looking at the Astros box score is just kind of jaw-dropping. Jordan Alvarez went four for six with six RBIs. Miles Straw came in as a pinch runner and went three for three with three runs scored. Uh, Jake Marisnik, three for six. Uh, Abraham Toro, two for five. You, you guys don't need me to go through all of this. It was not pretty, uh, not pretty in the least. Um, but it's over. They got a day to recover. Um, they don't have a game today. They will take on Cincinnati for a three-game series after this. We're going to talk about that a little bit tomorrow. But... Yeah, not not a fun year for the Mariners against the Astros, which I guess is to be expected, but it was even uglier than I think anybody could have imagined. All right, we can move on from that. And coming up, I'm going to answer some fan questions about how Mariner fans should feel about Danny Holtzen debuting with a different team and what the juice baseballs mean for baseball's future. Guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now this isn't just for guys who can't perform, it's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting from the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right. Happy Mariners Mailbag Monday. So I'm going to take two questions today. Uh, the first question comes from Twitter user at Cornelius13. He asked, should Mariner fans question Danny Holton making it to the show with the Cubs? So first of all, I guess Danny Holton was a second-round pick back in 2011. For those of you who don't remember, he was kind of the one of the trio of 
it was Holton, Taiwan Walker, and James Paxton, and the Mariners kind of had this vision of those guys three, those three being their next kind of Barry Zito, Tim Hudson, Mark Mulder type trio at the top of their rotation. Obviously, did not work out that well. Um, Holton never made it to the major leagues with the Mariners. Uh, Taiwan Walker had some success, was traded in that big deal with Mitch Hanniger and Cattell Marte, had Tommy John surgery. Um, he's, I think, will be a solid big league pitcher eventually. He's still pretty young. Uh, I do think he's got some potential, um, but it obviously it's not going to happen in a Mariners uniform. And James Paxton was the third piece. He obviously was the success story. He had a great couple years with the Mariners, got traded over to the Yankees in the trade that brought them Justice Sheffield, Dom, Dom Thompson-Williams, and Eric Swanson. So the Mariners hit on really only one of the three, but all three of them have now officially made the major leagues. Danny Holson debuted with the Chicago Cubs yesterday. He struck out three batters. He did give up a hit by pitch and a hit uh, to put two runners on base before he struck out the next three guys. Uh, he looked good. 94 with his fastball breaking stuff looked good. I mean, he he's not the starting pitcher, obviously, that the Mariners had hoped he would become, but he looks like he has the potential to be a big league caliber bullpen piece for maybe eight to nine, ten years even. I mean, he's only 27 still, so despite the fact that it feels like he's been around for literally ever, excuse me, he's 29, um, so he has a little bit less time than I would have uh, expected, but he could still be a, a solid big league pitcher for five or six years, uh, and that would be great. I personally am absolutely rooting for Danny Holson, and I believe that every Mariners fan should root for Danny Holson. That's not what the question was. The question was, should they question it? And I, I suspect that what the Twitter user means is, was there something the Mariners did or they didn't see or some kind of kind of fault for the Mariners for letting Danny Holson go and now he's up and healthy and pitching? I, I obviously don't know the answer to this definitively. There's not any way for me to know that. Um, I tend to not fault the Mariners in this specific case. For starters, it's not like Danny Holson is going to go out and win a Cy Young. Um, the best case scenario is he's a high-quality loogie, which I'm not saying the Mariners couldn't use that, but... You know, the Mariners' contention window is looking like 2021. Danny Holson will be 31, 32, and at best case, he's a quality loogie. If that's all they gave up here, I think that's okay. Um, Holson, his minor league career was very good. His numbers were exceptional. He was just hurt so much. He had two season-ending surgeries. He had Tommy Don surgery. He missed the entire 2017 season. He missed the entire 2014 season. Between 2015 and 2016, he only threw 10 innings. So we're talking about a guy who, after the 2013 season and before the 2018 season, that's a span of four complete seasons, Danny Holson threw 10 innings. Two of them were in rookie ball. Eight of them were in double A. That's it. That's all he threw. It's really, really hard to believe that a guy is going to make some kind of comeback after missing that amount of time. It's sad. Uh, You know, I felt for Danny Holson quite a bit, uh, especially because the, the innings that he did put in for the Mariners were really good. 2012, he threw uh, 20, he made 25 starts. He threw 124 innings. He had a 3.05 ERA. You know, really solid stuff. He threw 35 innings in 2013 with a 2.02 ERA. That was between AAA and rookie ball. He, he had a stuff, you know. There was a reason to believe he would be very good, but his arm betrayed him. You know, I, I don't fault any team for giving up on a guy who threw 10 innings between four combined seasons. You know, and it's yes, it's not like the Mariners had a ton invested in him. You know, they, they weren't paying him any more than you pay any other minor leaguer. 
Um, he already had earned whatever signing bonus he got from being drafted in 2011. It's not like they could recoup that by cutting him. So I could see the argument to be made of like, well, why even give up on him at all? Like, why not just keep him on the payroll um, since it's virtually nothing and see if he can make a comeback? I mean, obviously the Cubs took a chance on him. Uh, he th- didn't even look that great in the minor leagues for the Cubs, to be honest. Um, but he pitched well enough that they were like, okay, let's give this guy a shot. And now he's up, and now he's conceivably going to be a part of their bullpen for the rest of the season. I would be shocked if he makes the playoff roster unless there's some injuries or he pitches extremely well. Um, but, yeah, so I can understand that argument of, like, why not just let him try? You know, like, you've invested so much in him already. Why not let him keep going? But, again, from the Mariners' perspective and for the future of the franchise, he doesn't fit in anymore. You know, he didn't he didn't reach his, his peak at the time that the Mariners were kind of hoping that he would. Through no fault of his, you know, it's just what happened. But I think that now it's time to let him go. And honestly, I think this is a good thing for Danny Holtzen. I don't think that the Mariners intended, like, let's let him go to a contender and pitch well. I I don't think that they necessarily wanted that. Because I think if they thought, oh, he's going to come up this year and be an effective pitcher, they might have kept him. But instead, he's over there. He's got a chance to contend for a playoff spot. uh, And his window is not very long, and the Mariners don't really... You know, they don't have a spot for him. So I think it worked out for the best for Danny Holtzen. And I don't think it's a huge loss for the Mariners. So I'm not going to say that they're at fault or that Mariners fans should be upset that this happened. I think you should be happy for Danny Holtzen. I think it's just a thing where him being selected didn't work out for reasons that were kind of outside of everybody's control. And now you just kind of move on. All right, so the second question is a long paragraph. It's a whole bunch of questions. I was going to take some out, but I'm going to try to just address all of them. Uh, one by one. So it's from Doug on Twitter. And Doug asked, you mentioned the juice baseballs a lot. Do you think they are juiced enough that there should be an asterisk next to players' names if they are breaking records or have an inflated batting average? Do you think pitching stats are inflated so a high ERA is more normal? Do you think they should fix the baseballs or maybe expand the strike zone to give pitchers a better chance? Or do you think it's more fun seeing more home runs? Or is it a small enough difference that it's just worth mentioning the juice baseballs? So there's a lot there. I'm going to go through them one by one here kind of quickly because we're running a little bit long on time, which if you listen to the podcast, you're kind of used to hearing me say that. But do I think they're just enough that there should be an asterisk next to players' names? No. Um, Well, no, I don't think there should be an asterisk next to players' names. The balls are hilariously juiced. I think it's very obvious that that's happening. The home run numbers are absolutely obscene this year. It seems like everybody who's decent already has 30 home runs. But asterisks should be reserved for when there are players who have an unfair advantage over other players. That's not the case this year. Cattell Marte has 32 home runs. Eugenio Suarez has 44 home runs. Uh, Jorge Soler has 40 home runs. Everybody's hitting a whole bunch of dingers. Um, And so I don't think that there needs to be, like you'd have to like mark off the entire era. And there've been so many weird eras of baseball. There was the dead ball era. There was the first live ball era. There was the year of the pitcher. Like this has happened so many times in so many different eras. And we don't asterisk any of them. You know, we acknowledge it. You know, Danny McLean went 31-6 and six with an ERA under two. Bob Gibson had a 1.12 ERA, but the mound was a freaking cathedral on top of the field. It was like 15 feet high, you know, so they obviously not that high, but uh, it was way up there, and they lowered it, and then hitting became big again. Like, it, the steroid era is a little bit different because there were players who had a distinct advantage over other players, We'll never know the extent of how many players had that advantage versus how many didn't, which makes that era much murkier and harder to read. This era, we know everybody has a juice ball. So it doesn't change it to me, in my opinion. 
The next part was, do you think pitching stats are inflated so a high ERA is more normal? Yes. I mean, that is the case. Um, there aren't guys with ERAs. You know, very few guys have ERA below three. Verlander and Cole are two of them. Um, but everybody's ERA is up. Um, and then, so so yes, that's the case. I, I think that that, again, because all the balls are juiced, it's affecting everybody. Some pitchers are being affected a little bit more than others just because they're more fly ball pitchers. And, and that's a little bit unfair, but it's... Uh, eh. You know, I don't think that that's such a devastating issue that it needs to be changed. I don't think the strike zone needs to be expanded. I don't really care if they fix the baseballs. I do think that they're a little over the top, and I wouldn't mind them changing them a little bit so that it's not quite this ridiculous, and I think that they will make some adjustments. Baseball's tried weirdly to defend that this isn't a thing that's happening, which is bizarre because the baseballs are very clearly altered. Um, but I think that they'll change them a little bit to try to find more of a balance. But I think that you just kind of have to accept that there's going to be a few years here where the the uh, numbers are just super inflated, and it's kind of unfair, and it will affect some pitchers' paydays. You know, pitchers won't get as big of contracts because they had high ERAs because of the juice ball, and that sucks. But it's just a thing that happens. And so that kind of the last question is, is it a small enough difference that it's just worth mentioning? Yeah, that's what I think. I think you just mentioned that, hey, that was the juice ball era, and that's why this guy hit so many home runs, and that's it. You kind of just move on from there. Uh, baseball is not perfect. This is kind of what I love about the game is like I grew up learning about the dead ball era and the live ball era and the era, the year of the pitcher and the big mound and all those eras. And like now we get to live through them. I've lived through the steroid era and now I'm living through the juice ball era. And so I kind of just think it's fun. Uh, I get that Justin Verlander and other pitchers don't think it's that fun because it's affecting them and it's affecting their career and their payday. And that's a bummer. But that was going to happen. It's just kind of how baseball works. Verlander cannot put up numbers that Bob Gibson put up because he doesn't pitch on a huge mound. That's a bummer, but that's just that's just how it goes. So anyway, those are kind of my takes on those two questions. Um, we're going to get into segment three here in just a second where we're going to talk about the nine upcoming birthdays. All right, so as usual, we are running a little bit short on time, and with nine birthdays, I'm not going to spend the normal amount of time on all of them. I'm just going to say their name and how old they're turning. Uh, so we'll start with September 7th, which was Saturday. We missed the three birthdays from that day. Those would be Aaron Looper, who is turning 43, Darren Bragg, who is turning 50, and Rick Sweet, who turned 67. Then on Sunday, September 8th, we had one active birthday. Dan, that was Dan Altavia, whose 27th birthday will be forever associated with a 21-to-1 deficit against the Astros. We also had a birthday for Chance Ruffin, who turned 31, former right-handed pitcher Gil Mesh, who turned 41, and Bob Wolcott, who turned 46. Finally, today's birthdays, there are two of them. One of them is former left-hander Mike Hampton, who is certainly not known for his time with the Mariners because he had a very productive career as a left-handed pitcher and slugging hitter uh, throughout the 90s. And the last one, and certainly not least in this case, is Mr. Mariner himself, Alvin Davis, the Mariners' first superstar. Uh, he was a 1984 All-Star Rookie of the Year, one of the best players in franchise history, and he is celebrating his 59th birthday. All right, coming up tomorrow, I will preview Seattle's upcoming series against the Cincinnati Reds, and we will talk about one of my favorite Mariners prospects, right-handed pitcher Justin Dunn. Once again, I'm Andy Patton. You can find me on Twitter at, at @AndyPattonSEA. You can find the Locked On Mariners podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and go Mariners! <laughs>